welcome. Please stand by. Sometimes I wake up feeling lonely and unconnected and unimportant. So I decide to leave my apartment and get back in touch with nature. Like the smells of garbage cooking in summer air on the street. Spots of inadequate dog cleanup because it's always more difficult grabbing liquid versus solid when using a plastic bag. And the lush noises of car horns. And a wise man screaming hallelujah. Nature in a city. It's always the thing to take me out of my funk. And this one time I was feeling extra gloomy, extra blue. So I strolled further downtown into the chic cobblestone street type places where the city begins to calm. Probably because there's nobody of importance. And if there's nobody of importance, then there won't be those people to say, hey, look, it's so-and-so, or it's that guy, or you're she, aren't you? And if those people aren't there, then it's an empty street. I'm on this quiet, non-celebrity street, feeling even more unimportant, and it feels like I'm in some Eastern European town or village. And I realize every city has this one type of area now. Except Eastern Europe, because they started it. It's the combination of hip, overpriced shopper's paradise with one-word store names that always end in vowels, referred to as a boutique. And the one-corner convenience store that could disappear overnight if small bags of chips no longer appeased. These boutiques, giant glass windows from sidewalk to roof, giant lettered cryptic store names like Truffle, Opu, and Lava. And I see four dresses. They look more like scarves. And I wondered, what if I opened my own boutique? If I went back to my fifth floor walk-up apartment, tore out the lead-painted windows, and just let people see me. Maybe I could sell things too. $1,000 socks, or a shirt that equals a house payment. And then maybe, through similar magic, my rent would also get paid by a sugar mama, daddy, wealthy family member, oligarch, money laundering person. It was then I saw this woman, how tall she was, because she was wearing stilts, looking stunning in a magazine photograph sort of way. And she looked bored or tired, or maybe she was homesick, or maybe the streets just depressed her because she was from Prague and felt like she never really got away from there. And I thought, 
Maybe I should connect with her, say something that she might get a smile from, and brighten both of our days. Because she would smile, and I would have created that smile. And so we would both be mutually fulfilled. And with her being so tall off the ground, I thought, maybe she was protesting the violent treatment of sea cranes or flamingos. She was taking a stroll in her stilts to draw attention to those unhatched futures. And I began to think, what if her name was Lenka or Sveta something? A name that left your mouth in an open-shaped O or Ah. And that she was a model for a boutique. Maybe all of this important protesting she was doing was actually happening during her busy day, between her boutique cover photo shoots that get printed in magazines that I had no idea existed, except when running past a newsstand to catch the train and they stop you in your tracks. And then of course you miss your train and regret rolls over you because now you'll be late for your appointment with your therapist. A shortened session talking about why you're so unmotivated to be punctual to commitments you made while still getting charged the full hour. Anyway, I tilted my head up to the sky where her face was, this giantess, starting that steep mental climb of the mountain called awkwardness, where two complete strangers sometimes meet. And I said, Hi, I like your stilts. I think it's great you're searching for new perspectives, breaking the day to day, calling attention to endangered birds. I did it. I put myself out there. She told me in the thickest southern drawl that she wasn't wearing stilts. They were boots with very high heels. She bought at a going out of business sale that was in a bankrupt mall. We stood there in silence. She was probably looking down at me, but I couldn't tell. I was looking down at the ground, although it, it may have started to rain, and, and that's why I, I didn't want to get water in my eyes. I knew there was an important lesson here in this encounter. Somewhere past the point of the lesson of never talking to strangers. And I, I blurted out to her, would you mind if I took a picture with you? She smiled, patted my head, like she found some sullen, depressed, weak-necked puppy. Or maybe it was a sea crane in her case. I think it stopped raining then too, and I blew my nose and wiped my eyes from the joy, of course. Because I got what I wanted, and she got what she wanted, and the day was beautiful once again. I stood next to her, stretched my arm out as far as possible, and snapped the photo. And it was just then that people were walking by, and they kept looking at which one of us was somebody. Or could we just be tourists, adding to their photo albums of Eastern European-looking areas of cities? Before I knew it, she just strode away, strode away in seven-foot strides, 
and I let out a regretful sigh because I didn't get the chance to ask her what country she was from. Tennessee or Missouri. The area was empty again and the rats played in the garbage lined streets like only rats can do. I reached down to my phone, put my 16 digit code in, which would be my children's birthdays and the wedding date of my ex-wife, none of which I had at the moment. And there, there I was, not quite smiling, in a isn't this a unique moment smirk. And next to me were Lenka's knees, all of it in beautiful 21st century multi-pixel cell phone glory. It was real. I had proof. It happened. I then went, bought a small bag of chips, and headed back home. Having felt something once again. This has been an episode of the Flypaper Podcast. Music provided by Black Ferns at blackfernsmusic.com. Please help elevate this podcast. Leave a review. Until next time, stand by.